G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. I didn't like me. I still didn't like me. I thought I did, but I, I realised I didn't. And being alone was really hard. And, and then all these things that I'd shoved down for so long, like, why do you do the things that you do? Why do you behave the way you do? Why do you think the way you do? Why do you believe the way you do? I'd never stop to really think about. The story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, our guest today is once again former AFL player Andrew Jobling. As we heard last time, Andrew grew up always chasing validation and admiration and thought that obtaining it would bring him lasting happiness. But as we heard, even though he played professional Australian football for seven years and later became a best-selling author of several books, he still hadn't found what he's looking for. Today, Andrew joins us to share more of his story and to tell us how he finally found true fulfilment. Once again, Andrew is sitting down and having a chat with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios. Well, look, we've spoken a lot about my professional life. We haven't really spoken a lot about my personal life. Um, I mean, that's that's a whole other story in mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. You know, I, um, again, part of this insecurity and part of this validation was, was being attractive mm-hmm. to the opposite sex. It, you know, as a footballer, as a teenager in the 80s, you know, there was a lot of um, very poor male role models. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of poor exampling around misogyny and and objectifying women mm-hmm. and you know so and that was seven years of my life from mm-hmm. the age of sixteen to the age of twenty three. So you can imagine the impact that had on my belief system around relationships and girls and mm-hmm. you know and it's all about you know, the physical aspect mm-hmm. of it and mm-hmm. so so you know my relationship exactly. The best role models. No, on how I had to treat I had terrible sex. role models. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad was an amazing role model, but I, he just was wasn't as ra- around as much. He was mm. working very hard. Mm. Didn't spend a lot of time with him. Spent far more time with footballers mm-hmm. who were doing. You know, these are footballers that were very well known, and these are footballers that at the click of a finger could have five girls mm. chase them down the street. And so I'm thinking, well, that's what I want to do. Mm. You know, I want to be that person because again, mm. then I'll feel. Special, important, loved, mm-hmm. validated, valued, whatever. You, and so, so uh, again, another wrong path to fulfillment. Terribly wrong path. And mm. and the tragedy about this path. This is the tragedy that people were hurt along the way. Mm. I've been married three times, and I've mm. had three divorces. And because I think I got married thinking, well, the, when I'm married, then I will feel loved. Again, thinking expecting, it's the answer. Expecting that my partner at the time was responsible for me feeling happy and mm. being happy and feeling loved, not re- recognising the fact that I needed – that's my responsibility. Mm. And so, you know, I would get into a relationship and go, well, I, I'm still not feeling the way I want to be feeling, so I'd be looking elsewhere. Mm. And I didn't act on that in a bad – I mean, and I'm not going to get into the details, but, but – you know, relationships came and went because mm. I thought, well, this is not working, so I need to find another one and then got married again and, you know, and, and then I, I probably disengaged from mm. that second marriage, so that ended and then the third mm. marriage, 
So would you put thing. it down to unhealthy expectations? Unhealthy expectations. Also, I didn't deal with stuff, mm. you know. I didn't deal with a lot of of my own stuff. And, you know, you go out of one relationship. I quickly went into another one without mm. re- reconciling the previous one. Mm. Now, it was got to my third marriage and and we were in a crisis, at a crisis point, and I just did not know how to fix things. I didn't know how to be a better man. I just I, – I was at the – end of my tether mm-hmm. and this is when I got encouraged by a very trusted mentor and friend of mine to explore Christianity yeah how did that come about so well th- this is where I was I-, I was looking for some kind of counseling or help or you know I knew you know, what had- you were doing wasn't working something had nothing, to change nothing was working mm-hmm. nothing was working mm-hmm. and so a friend of mine who lives who at the time lived in New South Wales and I'm mm-hmm. obviously in Melbourne, said, hey, we, I've organised this this person to come from Alaska to mm-hmm. run a week-long sort of healing Christian workshop. Mm-hmm. And so she said, I think it would be worth you coming. Because I, I told her, she knew I was able to be very open with her about my life and my struggles. Mm-hmm. And she said she'd recently herself found Christianity and, and was born again Christian and she said it's had an amazing effect on my life and I think it might help you and I thought well I trust her so off mm. I went mm. spent the most uncomfortable week of my life let me tell you why was it uncomfortable oh because it was just so out of just out of anything that I've ever uh-huh. a whole week you yeah. know you oh, go yeah, to church for an hour time. or so yeah. and that's yeah. one thing yeah to go to 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 spend three or four or five hours a day you know watching this process unfold in front of you and you know it was very much around working with a you know forgiveness and healing and mm-hmm. and with god's grace and and watching people and i don't know if i believed i'm watching people being healed in front of my eyes and i'm you know oh, i don't know if i believe that hmm. i don't know is this so very challenging for you very challenging very hmm. challenging but enough after a week it was enough for me to go okay well this is worth exploring hmm. and that was the start hmm. that was the start i mean i left the week f- with a lot more forgiveness because mm. I'm very hard on me. Mm. I've always been very hard on myself and very condemning and very, uh, of me and, and things I've done and said and things I should have done and should have said very hard. You know, I think most people are their own worst enemy. Mm. And I just started left feeling a level of peace and and, and like hope. That was, I think, were the key feelings I left that with. And, and from that point, that was, I don't know, that was around about 2015, 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. And since that time, you know, I came back and found a church and, you know, went started going regularly to church, didn't understand much of what was going on, still don't know, still don't understand a lot of what's going on, but, but I know that, it, you know, I think I, I just know now that I'm forgiven. You know, I mm-hmm. trust that I'm forgiven and, and that that I'm okay, and that I can pass it up to God, and mm. I don't have to have all the answers, and I don't, and and my success is not about what I achieve mm. or what I gain or how much money I've got or how many books I've written or how many games mm. of senior football I played. I'm successful because I'm here, mm. because I'm I'm upright, looking down at the grass at the moment. I'm a success in life, and and it's amazing with that feeling and that peace that comes with that, and that. This mission and you know my purpose. I know that God's put me on this planet to impact lives. Mm-hmm. So that gives me joy every single day because I know every day no one can steal that from me. Mm-hmm. No one can take that from mm-hmm. me. I can't lose that because I'm in control of that that journey. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess this all led me then to probably the, the most significant period of my life happened just before COVID, mm. when my third marriage came to an end. Mm-hmm. And that left me, and then a few months later, the world goes into lockdown, and Melbourne, yeah. the most lockdown yeah. city in the world, yep. right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Been there. It was part so, of it. So all of a sudden, now here I am feeling horrible about myself mm. with all these questions, what, like what's wrong with me, mm. and I'm now in isolation. And so my normal go-to position would be, okay, well, that relationship's over. Now I'll get into another relationship, but I couldn't because I was in lockdown. So all Mm. of a sudden I'm now forced to face the man in the mirror. Mm. Yeah. And let me tell you, for the next probably six months, the most uncomfortable period of my life, but the most transformational period of my life because- Why uncomfortable? Uncomfortable because I didn't like me. Mm. I still didn't like me. I thought I did, but I, I realized I didn't. And being alone was really hard. And, and then and trying to – all these things that I'd shoved down for so long, like what? why do you do the things that you do? Why do you behave the way you do? Why do you think the way you do? Why do you believe the way you do? I'd never stop to really think about. Mm. So the voice of God said, Andrew, you need to – you need to spend some time to understand who you are. So I spent some time. I read an amazing book by a, I don't know. Your listeners may know of a guy called Dr. Alan Meyer. He's been in the studio. I've interviewed. Well, him in you the know past. Alan yeah. Meyer. He's a great friend of mine. We actually met in 2019. We mm-hmm. did an event together at a, mm-hmm. at a church I went to, and. I was sitting there listening to him talk and then he sat there listening to me talk and we connected. We swapped books. He gave mm-hmm. me his book from Good Man to Value Man. I gave yep, him yep. A, a book, one of my books called The Wellness Puzzle and and we went on a journey together and I helped him with his, with his health and well-being and he helped me with, with my spiritual journey. And I read that book and I've read it about five or six times now mm. and I start to understand myself. Reading that book, I could. I started to understand. I really stopped to think about Andrew. Why do you behave the way you behave? And uh, that's when I started to reflect on that period as a footballer and that influence from the male role models I had. I started to think about the impact. Why was I so insecure? I started to think about my my mother's journey. My mum, mm. and I won't get get into her story, but my mum came from Hungary just before the Second World War from a Jewish background mm. and she had her own insecurities yeah. and, and didn't feel unconditionally loved and, mm. and I know I adopted some of her lack of self-worth. I know, mm. I, you know, you pick that up yeah. as a young yeah. child. You Feelings pick that up. Of lack I of started worth. to learn through reading Alan's book about the, the chemical impact on my life and the impact from a sexual point of view that, you know, he calls it highs through the eyes in mm. his book. You know, he mm. talks for men, a big risk is sight. When we mm. look at an image, a sexual image, it yeah. sets off mm. this whole chemical set in your brain, which, mm. and, and I start to really recognize, go, wow, that's why I do that. That's why I'm looking. That's why, mm. I, okay. And, and I started to understand myself. And with understanding, I start to realize there's nothing wrong with me because I've always said to myself, Andrew, what's wrong with you? And I start to realize, there's nothing wrong with me at all. Oh, so you had thought you were defective in some I way. I thought there was something wrong. I thought I was yeah. defective. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you're okay. That you, You're that falling f- into the same traps that most guys fall into 100%. to a certain extent. Yeah. But you don't know what every yeah. other man, trap man, falls into. Mm-hmm. You just know about your own life and the, yeah. and the turmoil that you've created. And this is, you know, so it was such an mm-hmm. enlightening moment, such an awakening where I realized all of a sudden – I'm not broken. Mm. I'm okay. 
I've got challenges, I've got struggles, but we all have. So with understanding came acceptance. Mm. I started to accept myself. With acceptance came true forgiveness, mm. and with obviously with God's grace and the help of God, you know, I've got to the point now where I've forgiven myself mm. and I've learned to love myself. And within this period of time, from the start of COVID lockdown, you know, from someone mm. who really didn't like himself at all, I love mm. myself now, and and mm. I know that I'm loved. I know God loves me. I love me, and it's amazing when you have that peace what then starts to happen in your life. And I'm almost starting to like you at this point. Wow. <laughs> Hopefully oh, some other people like you too. But you know, but, you don't feel like you are lovable. You don't mm. feel like when you know you and you know what you've done and you know the things that have happened. Mm. You know, and I have a lot of regret with the women in my life because mm. they're all amazing women. Mm. All of them amazing women. And because I was ill-equipped or unprepared or didn't understand or – you know, I affected their lives. Mm. I had an impact and, you know, an unsettling and unhealthy impact on their lives. And mm. that is something that I can't change. Mm. And that that is, whilst I'm, I forgive myself, it's still something that, you know, and, and mm. I want to talk to all men right now that, men, you have an, you're having an impact on lives, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, we could maybe stop. sometimes think, oh, I... It's just me. This doesn't affect anybody else, but that's a good point. What we do, how we treat the women in our lives is impacting their lives. And it's impacting their children's lives. Mm-hmm. It's impacting men. Yeah, our children lives. are seeing how we're treating our yeah, lives. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's been such a powerful, that was a powerful period of my life. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with former AFL player Andrew Jobling, who's now a best-selling author and motivational speaker. We'll hear more of Andrew's story, including some important lessons in life he's learned when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again former AFL player and best-selling author Andrew Jobling, who's sharing his life journey. As we've been hearing, Andrew grew up always chasing validation and admiration and thought that obtaining it would bring him lasting happiness. Unfortunately, even though he was growing and maturing as a person, finding lasting fulfilment always seemed to be an elusive one for Andrew. Now we'll find out what happened next in his life as he continues his chat with Eric Scatterbo. Now, I wanted to get back to Dr. Alan Meyer's book. Not only did he, correct me if I'm wrong, but not only did he correctly diagnose some of the challenges you had as far as relationships with women and the traps that we as guys often fall into, but he also gives you strategies on how to overcome those challenges. It's not just, oh yeah, I have a problem, but no, no, here's how you can change your life to not fall into the trap of just being trapped with our eyes. Is, uh, that, is that right? That's right. He's got a he's got a wonderful term he calls bounce your eyes. Mm. Because for men, yeah. our, our challenge is, you know, that's why there's so much advertising and Yeah, and we're visually oriented and we, we get are very visually oriented. And so so the sec it doesn't take long when you lock eyes on a either an image or a 
or a female and if you stay looking for too long then bang that chemical reactions happening and it's the stimulation started and it's mm. he talks about bouncing your eyes so he says the second you notice that you're looking at something you say to yourself that's none of my business and mm. you just bounce your eyes and mm. look in a different direction mm-hmm. and that's been such again, very practical that, very simple very practical mm-hmm. not always easy mm-hmm. for sure because yep. when you bounce your eyes there's someone else i mean like <laughs> yeah. you gotta bounce them problem, somewhere right <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah there's gorgeous women everywhere yeah. <laughs> That's that's and unfortunately on TV we're bombarded with all kinds of images. Of course, but it's acknowledging yes, this is a challenge. We're not unique, but there is a strategy. Yeah, of bouncing our eyes, maybe don't watch certain things that you know are going to be challenging, etc. Absolutely. So it's addictive behavior. Yeah. I mean, the mm-hmm. the bottom line, it, it's addictive. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to distract yourself. You've got mm. to create another. And, and I've been able to do that in mm. a lot of ways. You know, I've just, like, for me these days, it's very easy to distract myself. Well, and not even distract myself, but focus on what's going to move my life forward. Focus on mm. how do I help people. Focus mm. on, you know, who's the next person that I can lift and encourage and inspire. Mm. Who, what's the next book I can write? What's the next podcast? Who's the next person I can mm. interview for my podcast? You know, it's easy. Who's the next, mm. you know, person that I can just encourage in mm. the street or smile at or it's a lot easier these days for me whereas I used to just, when I'm sitting there, it's just easy to click on a, mm. a website or, or to look at something or whatever but I don't even need that anymore mm. because I've broken that addiction. So mm. so anyone that's feeling addicted, it's just one day at a time, mm-hmm. one moment at a time, but just be strong. Just just feel God's strength there with you every moment, one mm. moment at a time. And it's it's amazing how quickly, mm. relatively, before you know it, you're on a, on a straight, narrow path mm. and, and doing better things. Now, at this point, let's kind of look back at some of the themes of your life. From the beginning, we heard about striving, 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 trying to gain acceptance and uh, what you would think would bring you fulfillment. And we've heard how you tried to, I guess we could say, you tried to get fulfillment from uh, affirmation from the fans and footy, uh, affirmation from having a best-selling book, uh, just external things. But now... Well, I spent my whole life chasing things I could never catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's the bottom line. I was chasing something that I could never get. Or Ch- weren't designed to bring you fulfillment no, in a lasting way. No, no. I mean, now I don't need to chase anymore. Mm. I mean, having, you know, I'm always going to aspire to do more and be more and have mm-hmm. more and create more, but I'm not doing it for validation anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it for impact. I'm doing it for significance. I'm doing it to help other people. Mm-hmm. I love me. You know, and I have God's love, and every every day, God and I talk, and and well, I talk. He <laughs> listens. Sometimes he talks to me, and but you know, it's just a different place to be. It's just mm. I don't need to chase anymore. I don't need to. It's it's amazing. Like I don't feel guilty. Mm. I used to feel guilty all the time for not being productive mm. 24-7. I used to feel... That you had to do things. Had to be doing something. Mm. If I, I couldn't sit and watch a television. Now, now I, there are moment, many times during the day where I'll just get up and take my dog for a walk or mm. I'll, I'll just sit on... I might even have a power, a power nap or a meditation mm. or, you know, I'll watch something, a half-hour show on TV that I really like to watch or... And I do it and I don't feel guilty. I mm. enjoy it because I know when I'm doing what I need to do, when I'm impacting lives, I'm impacting lives, but the rest of the time I'm I'm at peace. Mm. So 
the paradox is you are striving, 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 but the Lord says, be still and know that I am God, be still being the uh, important words there. So you've learned, hey, I can be still and God will still love me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this interesting paradox. Look, it's... And it's the same mentor that that I was speaking to recently, and and she, again, it's inbred in me to achieve, and it's still there are still times I fall back into, Andrew, you've got to do it, you've got to do, it. and and heard it said, just pass it up, mm. just pass it up to God, you know, you, you can do your best, and that then let God do the rest, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's been incredible, even just recently to say, so giving up control, giving, I, I say, okay. Lord, here I am. I've written this book. It's in the world. Take it where it needs to go. I give that to you. This conversation that you and I are having, uh, Eric, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I can't control who's listening to this. You are God. Mm-hmm. You're in control. I give it to you. Uh, this thing that I'm worried about, Lord, I can't do anything about it. You know, my dog at the moment has has having some health issues. You know, all I can do is look after her and love her. But God, mm-hmm. I give it to you to heal her. And that's got to be refreshing. That's the best. But I just love it. Just pass it up. I mean, goodness, <laughs> why wouldn't you just do it? Like whatever you want, just work towards it. Focus on it. Give it to God. Do you got to do the work? I mean, you can't just yeah. sit on the couch and say, "God, so we, we make money part. come into my bank yeah. account." But yeah. you, but if you're working, I think people think they've got to work to the nth degree and have all the answers. I mean, that's why people, I think, have so much. Con- Control issue. I must mm. be in control of every pro. No, you don't need to be in control of every mm. process. You've just got to get the ball rolling. You've got to mm. keep the ball rolling, and then you pass it up to God. And yeah, let do him. what you can he, do. He'll bring and give it the people him. that you need mm. to you. And I and I just know that faith has been such a big part of my life, even without the knowledge of God and, mm. and the impact He's had. But I, I know you see that now. He's been there yeah. my whole life. Yeah. He's guided me to this point. I look back at my life and I still pinch myself. How did I end up here? Hmm. This young, skinny, sickly, sicky, <laughs> middle child kid with no skill ability is played seven years of professional sport, has published multiple books, uh, is living a life he loves. How did that happen? Hmm. And I go, well, God knows. Hmm. Like that's all I need to – that's the only answer I need is that God got me here. I didn't do it on my own. And here you are today, and you've written a book about your faith journey called Tears of Joy. Tears of Joy, Yeah. Yeah, so so tears of joy. I mean, this is a, you know, it is about my faith journey, but it's also about the process. So the things, you know, the power of our mind, the power of our thoughts, the power of what we focus on that leads us into a feeling because it's a feeling that moves us. Hmm. So if we can control our and understand that our feelings are are really dictated by what we focus on. So when I focus on the fact that I can pass it up to God and He's in control, I feel peace. Mm-hmm. I feel confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, I'm more likely to take the action that I need to take to create the routines. you know. And everything I've achieved, and this is why I can sit here and be a multiple best-selling author, not because of ability mm. or talent, but because of the routines I've created. The reason I play professional sport was not because of ability, that's for sure. It's because I created good routines, good Good work habits. You know, that I'm a healthy at the age that I'm at and I'm healthy and lean, not because of genetics. It's because I created the right routines. Mm. I've good routines around eating and exercise and mindset. I've created good routines around my prayer and and reading the Bible. I do it every single day. Mm. You know, so success, the S in the tears is success, but success is whatever 
people define success as. And for me these days, success is not an achievement. It's nice to have money if you want to have money and, and have a claim and all that sort of stuff. But to mm. me, success is a feeling. If I feel peaceful, if I feel like, if I feel significant, if I feel joy, to me, I'm successful and it doesn't matter how much money I've got in the bank, if mm-hmm. I feel loved. Mm-hmm. And all those things that you just mentioned there all come from our relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. So we can all be successful. We're all successful mm-hmm. if we just believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. If we put our trust and faith in him. Yeah, 100%. Andrew Jobling, thank you so much for sharing your life journey with us. You're welcome. Thanks, Eric. That was Eric Scatterbo chatting with former AFL player Andrew Jobling, who's now a best-selling author and motivational speaker. As we heard, Andrew has finally found true lasting fulfilment through faith in Jesus Christ. He's finally discovered that he doesn't have to strive for acceptance and admiration anymore, but that his heavenly father loves him unconditionally. And because of this, he no longer has to struggle trying to control everything in his life, but he just has to pass it on to God. As the Lord says in the Bible, be still and know that I am God. And we're directed to cast all our anxiety, all our burdens onto Jesus because he cares for us. Good news for all of us. Well, to find out more about Andrew Jobling and his book, Tears of Joy, you can go to his website, andrewjobling.com.au. Once again, that's andrewjobling.com. Well, thanks for joining us for Andrew Jobling's life journey. It was great to hear how the Lord's been working in and through his life. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I've gone from glamorous job to glamorous job. I got a job as a beauty consultant and that was nice, but it nothing is glamorous. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's fun and it looks like you're really successful, but, you know, you've still got to live with yourself. You've still got to come home to yourself. And I was making very, very poor choices for myself. I literally didn't know how to make decisions for myself. Lindy Gallagher has gone from living a glamorous life to doing the very unglamorous work of helping troubled girls in prison. We'll hear about Lindy's passion for serving in prison ministry next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.